0: Father Lord, let the words of my mouth and the of my heart, O Lord, be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord and my Redeemer, for I pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. <coughs> I welcome all of you in the name of our Lord and precious Savior, Jesus Christ. And my prayer that God has brought you here this morning. We we'll let you receive the remainder that pertains to you. You will run with it to profit you and your families in the mighty name of Jesus. During the Let's Go Our Fishing yesterday, God gave me the word for today. And I pray you'll be blessed as you listen. I'll be speaking on the man that God promotes. The man that God promotes. To promote means to raise, to raise someone to a higher position or rank. To promote means to elevate. To promote means to improve the position or the status. To promote means to advance in rank. In dignity, or position. Synonyms of the word promote will be the word to advertise. It means the man that God advertises. To aid, to assist, to champion. The man that God champions his causes. To endorse. The man that God endorses, to recommend and to support. Antonyms, the opposite, would be things like the man God condemns, the man God discredits, the man God dishonors. I pray. That God will not condemn you. God will not discredit you. And God will not dishonor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the Bible, there are many examples of those that God promoted. and the Bible also, there are many examples of those that God discredited or dishonored. My plan this morning initially was to talk about a lot of characters. But I got into one character yesterday called Joseph, and I couldn't finish. So this morning we'll be looking at the character of Joseph. Psalm 75, verse 6 and verse 7. Psalm 75. For promotion commit neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. <coughs> but God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. Bible is telling us that promotion comes from God. He can promote and it can demote. In the book of Esther chapter 1, from verse 19 to verse 21, Esther chapter 1, From verse 19 to verse 21. A very beautiful lady called Vashti was removed by a royal decree. She ceased to become queen. In the same book of Esther chapter 4 verse 17. Esther chapter 4 verse 17. The king replaced Vashti with Esther. So if a queen was demoted by a royal decree, and a new queen was appointed by a royal decree. What has God got to do with it? Daniel chapter four, verse thirty-two. Daniel four thirty-two. Bible says, "The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever He will." So even though the king was the one doing it, there was power, there was a force behind the king, the most high. So it was God that was doing it. Like I said, we'll be looking at the character Joseph this morning. In the book of Genesis chapter 37 verse 3, Genesis 37 verse 3, we understand that Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. This was somebody right from his youth who was favored. His brothers hated him. To make matters worse, he had a big mouth. And they said, we deal with these little brats. So much so, they planned to kill him But somehow, somehow, they didn't kill him, they sold him into slavery. Then we understand from the book of Genesis 39, verse 2 to verse 4. Genesis 39, verse 2 to verse 4. That where they sold him to, he found favor in the house of Mr. Potiphar. In verse 4, the Bible says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. So this young man who was sold into slavery was promoted in slavery. The house where he was serving, he became the overseer of that house. Joseph not only found favor with Mr. Potiphar, he found favor with Mrs. Potiphar. Normally when you talk of sexual harassment... They will say the men are harassing the women. But in the case of Mrs. Potiphar, she was the predator. She was the one, you know, who was harassing the young man called Joseph. In verse 10, of 39, Genesis 39, Bible says, and it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day. How many days? Day by day. The harassment was constant. It was every day she was harassing Joseph that he harkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. When the young man would not listen, she decided to rape the young man. Verse 12. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled. Not the word, fled, and got him out. So the same thing some men do. Women also do it. The harassment got to the stage of rape, but this guy ran away. He fled from her. And then she accused him of rape. Look at, she has transferred what she was about to do to the young man. And the young man, who thought that he was doing well, as a foreman, became Prisoner, but then verse 21 said, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So, even in prison, this young man found favor and he was promoted. Verse 22 and the keeper of the prison. Committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Then in prison, he met the butler and the baker of Pharaoh who had been imprisoned. The two of them had different dreams in one night. It was the same Joseph that interpreted the dreams to to, to these people. And then he said to one of them, Promotion is coming for you. But when you get there, (coughs) don't forget me. Genesis chapter 40, verse 14. He said, But think on me when it shall be well with thee. (coughs) And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. Joseph said, I don't want to be a prisoner any longer. The man that Joseph spoke to and appealed to forgot about it for two years. This man spent additional two years in prison. Eventually, Pharaoh himself had a dream. And then they brought this young man out to come and interpret it. And then promotion came again for this young man. Genesis 41, verse 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land. Of Egypt now he became overseer over Egypt Verse for the three and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried before him bow the knee and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt verse 46 very important and Joseph was 30 years old not the age was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh king of Egypt And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. So this young man has seen promotion virtually everywhere he worked in spite of all the problems that he faced. So what can we learn about about Joseph and what can we learn from Joseph? Number one, Joseph was a lover of God. This young man was a lover of God. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17. Proverbs 8, 17. Bible says, I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. John chapter 14, verse 15. John 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 21. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. God said, Those who keep my commandments are the people that love me. And we have seen in many instances that this man, young boy Joseph, was a lover of God. For instance, when he was being harassed by Mrs. Potiphar, Genesis 39, verse 9, he made a statement to her. That was his response. He said, There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me, but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? ...and sin against God. The issue of adultery or fornication for Joseph... ...was not Mrs. Potiphar. It was God said... ...thou shalt not commit adultery. And Joseph said to himself... ...I will not sin against God. This young man was a lover of God. And Jesus Christ said... ...those that love me, they do what? They keep my commandments. He, saw, he was so much in love with God... ...that even when things were not going his way... ...he believed that he was in good hands... I said, note the age of Joseph. When he became prime minister, he was 30. Possibly when he was in prison, he was in his 20s. Maybe at the time he left the house and they threw him in the well, maybe 18, 19, or 17. So the best time of his, of his life, a young man growing up from about maybe 15, 16, 17, he has seen trouble all his life. And Bible said God was with him. I am sure many of us, if we were like Joseph, would have asked questions. If God were with me, why did all this problem come my way? I have never seen a place where Joseph blamed God for all his failures. Many of us have not seen half of what Joseph saw, and every day we are blaming God. Does God not know I am a worker in His household? If God be for us, why will God open his eyes and allow my brothers to sell me into slavery? To make matters worse. I thought I was serving God, I was keeping his commandments. How come God allowed a woman like Mrs. Potiphar to frame me up and for me to end up in prison? Not once. Did we read anywhere? That Joseph blamed God for his travails. Because Joseph understood that we must be careful with what we say with our lips. When a woman is in love with a man, even when that man is making mistakes, she covers him. Same thing is true. You don't speak against the one that you love. He kept quiet. Not that he was pleased with it. I also found out that the same attitude was the act of the man called Mr. Job. That when things were going, not going the way of Mr. Job, he lost his business, he lost his money, he lost his children. The wife was frustrated. The wife said, look, you say you are worshipping God. What kind of God is this? Cause God and die. Let this God kill you. Bible said, Mr. Job did not sin against God with his lips. Many of us throw pity parties. I have not read anywhere where Joseph threw a pity party. Where you call friends and you cry together. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Those that love God, Who understand his commandments know that in life there will be ups and there are downs. But for those who worship God, you know, you will have more ups than downs in your life. And ultimately the victory shall be yours. They know, many are the affliction of the righteous. But the good Lord delivers him from what? All of them all. Not one of his bones will be broken. But when you are going through it, you will be wet. But you will not drown. You will feel the heat, but you will not burn. When God says, let us go onto the other side, what God has said is a conclusion. How you will get there, he will not tell you. He will not tell you that on, along the way, there is going to be a stop. All he said is, let us go onto the other side. Those that know God, know that no matter what happens, that other side, you will get there. I am praying for you. As the Lord liveth, you fulfill destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Job chapter 2 verse 10. Bible said, in all this, did not Job sin with his lips? One of the ways the enemy can bring you down is to let you sin with your lips. To make God to be angry with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10. Bible says, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. That will not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Number two, Joseph was a hard worker. Joseph was a diligent worker. How do I know? Genesis 39 verse 11. Genesis 39 verse 11. Bible says, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men, of the house there, within. Don't forget, this guy was general overseer of the house. He went to work to do his business, and none of the men were within. Some scholars said Joseph somebody wakes up early in the morning to go and do his work. The men reporting to Joseph possibly were sleeping. That was how Mrs. Potiphar has been noticing Joseph because when the men are sleeping, this young man is off working. So she had plenty of time to notice him. But many of us, we only work when people can see us. We are eye-pleasers. When you see the pastor driving into the church, you take the broom and begin to, floor, to sweep the floor. It's when the pastor is coming, you take the, the, the mop, you begin to mop the floor. You know, I was telling him during the first service, when I was a bit junior in my banking career, we understood that our bosses liked us to work late even when there was no work to do. So we spend more time during the lunch hour. Waste more time during the office hours. And around five, work will start. The spreadsheets will come out. You know, be doing all of this. So when your boss is going home, he looks at you. You are putting things on the computer. Say, this is a very hard worker. We are men pleasers. Colossians chapter three verse twenty-two. Colossians three twenty-two says, "Servants, obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with what I service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Dedicated worker who comes to work, whether somebody is monitoring you or not. Some of you we have to put here, even as." church workers. We had an electronic, you know, uh, time checker. We had to put in church for our workers. So when you come, you you put it there. Even that some people are trying to beat it. But there are people you don't need those kind of things. You do the register. Before the time they're supposed to resume, they are in the office. When it's closing time, they are still working. Whether the boss is there or not, they are doing their work eventually the boss will get to know. Your promotion will come. And the the way the boss will know, it might not even be in your place. Other people will tell the boss about you. When the time comes. Many ways that people can be blessed. One customer of mine many years ago, I was working in his office. He wanted a loan from us. We were thinking of how we are going to do it. Time came, you know, about 7.30 p.m. in the evening. So the man looked at me and said, would you like to work for me? I would like to recruit you. I said, no, sir, I want to continue my banking career. I didn't work for him, but I'm sure he gave my boss a lot of recommendations about his staff. I wish I could get a staff like Coyote. That's how you get promotion. If you're a bad staff too, your boss will get to know, say, watch that guy. If you have two of those kind of guys, he will pull down your organization. You'll be surprised what your boss knows about you. Even though you have not spoken before, words have reached him. Joseph was a diligent worker. Proverbs 24, verse 30 to verse 34. Verse 33, Bible says, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come. As one that traveled, And I want, as what? An armed man. You put the alarm for five o'clock. The thing rings. Mm, snooze. I know you have work to do. You can get away with that for one or two days. If that becomes your pattern, that is the result. Poverty is knocking on your door. Number three. He was a competent staff. Competent staff. How do I know? Genesis 39 verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. This was Potiphar. Don't forget that Joseph was a slave. This man bought this slave. And the Bible said he put everything that he had in the hand of a bloody slave from a foreign country. Except Potiphar was a foolish man. He would not do this. They have seen that Joseph was a competent person. He could entrust him with everything. In fact, if you read further, they said the man does not even know what he owned anymore. If he wanted food, he just told Joseph, I want food. Every other thing, Joseph was totally in control and in charge. How do I know he was competent? Genesis 39 verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners that were in prison. And whatsoever they did there, it was the doer of it. Some of you, uh, you have people who are working for you. Have you seen prisoners? This is not an ordinary prison, no? This is high security prison where the, 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 the prisoners of the king were kept and the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Bible said, whatever happened in that prison, Joseph was in charge. The unruly, the terrible, any type of prisoner that was there, he was in charge of the prison. How did I know that Joseph was competent? Genesis 41, verse 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have said thee over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh must be a stupid man to take a prisoner and make him prime minister. Not only Prime Minister. Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh. Going forward, whatever you say in Egypt is what is going to happen. You don't take an ordinary prisoner and promote him to that level. By the way, some of you thought that what Joseph was going to do was a simple job. Ah, I have news for you. You know what Joseph did? He told Pharaoh, he said famine was coming. He said seven years of plenty will come. After seven years of plenty, there'll be seven years of drought. Pharaoh said, what are we going to do? Joseph said, what we are going to do, in those seven years of plenty, you will build warehouses, you will build silos, you will store food, you will keep it, you will maintain it. And then in seven years, when there's no food, you begin to distribute it and ensure that the people are fed. Pharaoh said, based on the blueprint that you have given me, go and execute it. Many of you are here, you are women. How many of you can keep food for three months? And Joseph was supposed to keep food for seven years. In fact, more than seven years because the food will come seven years of plenty. And they will eat it seven years of drought. This man invented a way of protecting food for over 12 or 14 years. Even today, it's a feat. It's virtually impossible to do it if God does not help you. Not only that, then you will now feed everybody that food for another seven years, even the sheer logistics of feeding a whole nation with food, when there's no food, in one place, we turn a lot of people crazy at a time where there was no computer. So don't underestimate the job that Joseph did that time, because even today, very few people, if in fact, we need a lot of people and computers, big computers to do what Joseph did, and then even technology to keep food for seven or eight years is still very scarce. They were grains. The people had wheat. You don't have rice eating it. No disease. Then you have to build super structures overnight to do it. That was the work Joseph did. Pharaoh will not give that type of job to somebody who was not competent. This was a very competent young man. He was just 30 years old. I said 30 years. Note it. Why? Some of you are in your 20s and 30s. And you are saying, I'm still very young. Look at what Joseph was doing at the age of 30. Age of thirty, he was competent. You must have competence to what you are doing. Proverbs twenty-two, verse twenty-nine. Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-nine. The Bible says, "See thou a man diligent in his business; he shall stand before kings; he shall not stand before mean men." Number four. Another thing I notice about Joseph. And those that God has promoted is that they particularly avoided sexual sins. They particularly avoided sexual sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 to verse 19. Bible says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? You know the word that Paul uses? He says, flee fornication. Flee. <coughs> what does flee mean? Flee means... To run away, to escape. What did Joseph do? The Bible said he escaped. He ran away from her. Which means, if you are going to avoid fornication, you don't negotiate with fornication. You know now. I know you are fine, uh, but you know this thing is not right. Uh, uh, even not that, I was married. Uh, you are just right for me. Uh, you are about to get into trouble. You are negotiating with fornication. Bible says flee, synonyms for flee, to beat a hasty retreat, to bolt, to evade, to jump, to make a quick exit, to vamoose, (laughs) to avoid, to cut and run. If you are going to survive fornication adultery, if you are going to avoid it, you must do what you must vamoose. flee. Somebody says it's like somebody being chased by a lion, because fornication, you know, you get into it without knowing it. If you are staying there looking at it, you must have a proverb that the meat you don't want to eat, you don't do what? You don't smell it. When you smell it, it's very close to your mouth. The meat might end up in your mouth. If you don't plan to eat it, don't do what? Don't smell it. Successful men learn to avoid this. Why? The man called Job, the richest man in the East at that time, he made, you know, in Job 31 verse 1, Job 31 verse 1, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I think upon a maid? Job says, Look, I don't want to think about it. So I told my eyes, eyes, see no evil. So I don't get into trouble. Because if you are successful, even the when you are not chasing will chase you. Hi. The verse is true. You no know way you're not speaking because I said the when you're not chasing will chase you. It happens to the men too. You know, and then <laughs> In Ruth chapter 3, Ruth chapter 3, Naomi gave Ruth dangerous advice. Ruth chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 8. Many of, you have, many of you have read it, but you didn't think about it. Ruth chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 8. Naomi said to Ruth, said, take a bath. Freshen up. And then she said to him, repackage yourself. Anoint your head, you know, put perfume. Change your clothes, you know, dressed well, dressed for the occasion. Then he said for that to Ruth, she said, you know, Boaz is a successful man. They have just had a successful year, so they are sharing bonus. What they are going to do, they are going to have a party. So allow them to have their party. And then they are going to drink is their pattern. Then after he's drunk, just notice where Boas is going to sleep. Then at midnight, when, at midnight, approach Boaz and uncover his cloth. Dangerous advice. You know, sometimes men think they've caught a woman. You went somewhere. Say it was a chance meeting. No, it wasn't a chance meeting. They had you on their list. <laughs> they plotted for you. They planned for you. And you thought it was a chance meeting. No, sir. It wasn't a chance meeting. You met her in the lift. I just met her by mistake in the lift. She had been coming for the past three weeks. It was just that day that the plan worked. They had known that you normally come to work around 8 o'clock. So she has been coming to your office at 8 o'clock for the past three weeks and then one particular day you enter the lift at 8 o'clock and you say it was a chance meeting. This meeting was planned by Naomi. Naomi said, look, you want to catch Boaz? The average man, dress well. Don't smell. Don't put him off. Put perfume. Dress well. Let him be a bit tipsy. Go for the kill. (laughs) Now, the other thing I found very interesting was that even though Ruth came at midnight, after this man has done all of those things, he still did not fall into the trap, which tells me that the wine is not what makes you do what you didn't want to do. The wine is a catalyst to do exactly what you wanted to do. Don't say I was drunk. You know, some people leave, they left the house with the intention to get drunk and to commit adultery. They say, well, it was not my fault. It was not my plan. I just woke up on the wrong bed. Lie. You know, in secondary school, you know, we used to have uh, inter-house sports and inter-school sports sports. Usually after everything, then they be dance, then they dance, you know, and of course, many of us, we are leaving home for the very first time. We want to dance with the girls, the girls want to dance with the boys, you know, sometimes some of the boys, you know, they are very shy. So sometimes we take some beer to shock ourselves. What is the idea of the beer? In case you approach a girl to dance with you and she says no, so you start from here, excuse me, dance. <laughs> she looks at you up, down, up, down. She continues talking, she's not interested. But because you are taken there, you don't go very far, you stay here. You <laughs> come, she doesn't want to dance. You <laughs> come, you can go. Serve before you get somebody to dance with you. You wanted to dance, that was where you took the beer. The beer is to make it easier for you to do what you wanted to do. In spite of all the things they had planned for Boaz. Boaz said, ah, madam, what you are asking me to do is not right, let us do it properly. So be careful men, don't think I have caught her. In fact, they have caught you. Why must you avoid fornication and adultery? In particular, number one, it demotes you. It demotes you. Proverbs 6:26. Bible says, For by means of a horrible woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Verse 32 says, but whoso committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Verse like 33 says, A wound and his honor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. It demotes you. Number two, it removes your spiritual cover. It removes your spiritual cover. In Numbers 23, verse 8. Balaam said to Balak, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? Balaam was a man with anointing or demonic anointing, you can call it. If he curses a man, the man was cursed. Balak hired him. To curse the Israelites, and God refused to give him permission to curse them. And He told the man that hired him, He said, "Look, I cannot curse those that God has not cursed. These ones, there's a special covering around them. If you go and read the Book of Numbers, this man took this man to three high places to curse the Israelites. They raised up altars three times on each each place they went to raise up. They raised seven altars." In three different places, they raised twenty-one altars, and yet God did not permit them to curse these people. Then Balak said to him, "What are we going to do?" Ah. Balak said, "Let me advise you. Those guys, they are covenant children. For as long as they are obeying God's commandments, you can't touch them. Or I will tell you what we are going to do. Some of those men love." the mobile they love our women get fine babes what did I say get fine babes introduce them into the camp of the Israelites I am sure some of them will go after them he said let them go after them after that leave what will happen to them and their God exactly the advice the people that could not be cursed the people went to the mountain and built 21 altars they couldn't curse them, adultery finished them. As soon as they began to commit fornication, and adultery, a plague came. Twenty-four thousand people were killed before their eyes opened to what was happening. Twenty-four thousand. When a man commits adultery, he doesn't know you open up yourself. The people that could not deal with you before, they will take you like they took Samson. So you are not enjoying. It. You are impairing. Your life and your destiny. And then there are some statements I hear nowadays. Say, ah, look at her. She's a slay queen. <laughs> Do you know that statement is true? You know, people just laugh. Say, slay queen. Sometimes they will say, look at her. She's dressed to kill. Those two statements are correct. They are correct. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 26 and verse 27. Bible says, for she had cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. That's the slave queen. So you think it's, it's funny that she's a slave queen. She's actually a slave queen. Bible said many strong men have been slain by her. And then you say, ah, uh, it's enjoyment. She's dressed to kill. She's actually dressed to kill. Let me read the next verse. Bible says a house is the way to hell. Going down to what? Children. Dress to kill. Dressed to kill. You know, some people, you know, we say some things and we joke. It's true. She's dressed to kill. You go after her, it's the way to death. Chambers of death. Way to hell. That is who she is. But you joke and laugh. Sometimes the people that are telling you are joking, they don't understand what they are saying. Say, I'm a slave queen. She actually means she's a slave queen. Number three, why you must avoid it? It is disobedience to God's commandment. And God says, those that love me, they keep my commandment. Exodus 20 verse 14 says, thou shall not commit adultery. Number four, those that do so, God fights against them. Why? God says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And God says, whoever tampers with that body, that temple, I will destroy that person. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. First Corinthians 3 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple yeah. <coughs> Praise the Lord. I think I've said enough about this. Those that have ears to hear, they have heard what the spirit is. You see, there are other things we don't have to talk about. The diseases that can come along with it. The entanglement that can come along with it. Because, you know, doctors will tell you that in the sperm, there is blood. When you look at the sperm under the microscope, they will find blood there. So when you sleep with somebody, it's a blood covenant. You don't even know who she has slept with. She doesn't know who you have slept with. So, unknown to you, you are joining a lot of blood covenants. And you don't know what they are carrying. Forget the 8s. I'm talking about what they are carrying spiritually. You might, you might get into a situation where what you are going to get, you can't deal with it. You can't deal with it. There are just too many things. And you notice those God has promoted those God has blessed if there's one thing you are going to run away from is that one it once you enter into it it opens you up and destroys you number five those that God must promote they are humble they are humble people they understand that they have gotten to where they got to by the grace of God Joseph went from having a coat of many colors to being a servant. I'm sure if he went with the attitude that where he came from, had a coat of many colors, they would have dealt with him. To be a prisoner. And then God promoted him. And even when God has blessed him and his brothers came to beg him, Genesis chapter fifty, verse 18 to verse 21. In verse 21, Joseph told them, Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and speak kindly unto them. He speak kindly unto them. Some of us say, you have now come. You have seen what God has done with my life. I will show you. I've been praying that God should let you live long enough so that you can see what I'm going to become. You don't have to say it. They already know it. In fact, the best thing to do is not to even say it. God has done it. James chapter 4 verse 6. The Bible says, he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. If God is the one resisting you, you can't be promoted. Because you are trying to fly, God is pulling you down. When God pulls you down, nobody can pull you off. The Bible says, God resisted. That means God actively fights against those who are proud. He resists them. It makes things difficult for them because God says, What is she proud about? What has she got? Or what has she been given that has not come from above? What? What? Your your intellect, your beauty, your eloquence, what do you have that God has not given you? So he resists those who are proud. Actively. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to verse 19. Bible talks here about six things that God hates. That's very important. When the Bible says God hates something, take note of it. Bible says God hates six things. Seven things are an abomination unto him. You know, number one of it is what? Pride. The things that God hates, number one is pride. Why was the man Moses promoted? Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Numbers 12, verse 3. The Bible says, Now the man Moses was very meek, very humble. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. That was how meek he was. Look at our general overseer. You know, I just wonder, you know, look at the Bible of David. Uh, have 4,000 people here. That's a big church. But if I was you, what am I going to do? Churches in 190 countries, 40,000 parishes. Some of us, our head will be so big you cannot contain this room. (laughs) And when you see the man, he greets everybody. He calls you, sir. You know, you don't see that pomposity around him with what God has given him. It takes a lot of grace to be at that level and still be humble. People that have three churches are Lord Bishop. <laughs> that was why, because this man Moses was very humble. Miriam and Aaron felt they were equal with him. God was so angry. God spoke to them. Numbers 12, 6 to 9. God said, you people don't know who Moses is. Say said, if there be any prophet among you, I speak to these prophets in visions and sometimes through dreams. Say but Moses, I speak to him mouth to mouth. And that type of person you are not afraid of him. That was God telling them. The person I speak to, mouth to mouth, because of his humility. You don't know what you are doing. God punish them. You know, strength. You don't you, you know you don't show how big you are by how you carry yourself around. If I have to remind you I'm your pastor all the time, I have lost authority in this place. Don't you know I'm your pastor? (laughs) Don't you know I'm your boss? I'm your boss. You don't know that I'm your boss. (laughs) If you remind your subordinates all the time, you are the boss, something is wrong. When the boss comes inside, he doesn't have to say it. The real boss. You know who the real boss is. Number six, he was obedient. An obedient person. Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The father said to Joseph, Joseph, I'm worried about your brothers. They have gone for some time. Go and check where they are and come and give me reports. Yes, sir. When he got to where he was sent, he didn't find them. He heard he seemed they have gone to Dorton. And because he knew that he had to go back home with results, you know, some of us will have gone back. Daddy, I have gone there. I didn't find them. They didn't want to work in the first place. He went to the other place just to go and satisfy what daddy wanted. That was where they caught him. And so they made him into slavery. Obedience. Obedience. Number seven, they have learned to make lemonade out of lemons. Those that God promotes, they have learned to make lemonade out of lemons. What was the reason why this young boy with big mouth was sold into slavery? This issue of dreams and interpretation. The, the, the brothers were very upset. Who wants you to interpret for us? Who has interest in your dreams? So it was the dreams that put this man into trouble. But you know that the same dreams and the intervention of dreams what was got him out of prison into prime ministership. The same things the brothers rejected was welcomed by Pharaoh. The fact that people don't understand your vision does not mean it's not a good vision. Sometimes the vision is too big for them. They can't see sometimes they cannot hear the music that you hear because you listen to different musicians but it was focused that thing that was like a lemon he made lemonade out of it most times in the problem that we go through there are solutions in that problem that you go through there are solutions i was not in real estate business i was a train banker before I left my job at set up a finance house. When the finance house had problem, people I gave money to repaid me with land. I was very upset initially. When I knew if I didn't collect the land, I would not get anything. I began to collect land. And that problem brought me to real estate because they began to give me land in, a, in different parts of Lagos, places I have not been to, to, to before. I was forced to go there. And then I was also forced to know how to market the land they gave me to people I was owing money to. So they come and say, where is our money? I say, I don't have money, but I have land. Where is your land? I say, I have land. There is a good land. So the problem taught me how to buy land and how to sell land. You know, in that problem, there are solutions. One day, I was in my office, virtually frustrated. People who had not paid the money they were owing me. I went to one company. Say, where is my money? Said, they don't have money. What did you do with my money? The money we gave you. They said we imported tonic, uh, you know, chemicals for making blood tonic. Chemicals for making blood tonic. That is what you use our money to do. I went away in anger. Was in my office another day. Some people came. They were my own creditors. Where is our money? I said I don't have money. What have we done with our money? I said of some people that I gave money to, they imported chemicals for making blood tonics. <laughs> one of them said, you said what? Said they imported chemicals. Say what kind of chemicals? I said, I don't even know, sir. I said, get us details of the chemicals and we'll get back to you. So I called them. What chemicals do you import? They told me the specs. I called the people. Unknown to me, one of their own directors has a company making blood, blood tonic. So they came and carried everything and wanted more. So sometimes, you know, after you have cried over your problem, sit up and say, what can we make out of this problem? Because in that problem, yes, you know, they say the Chinese, the same what they have for problem is the same what they have for opportunity. Or something like that the opportunity is there the same thing that got this guy into trouble when he repackaged it brought him out of prison and took him up to prime ministership there's, there God does not allow things to happen without reasons every school you went to the people that you met where you were born your parents your tribe there's a reason for everything There's a purpose for everything. Before you were born, God already wrote the the conclusion of your life. He knew the end from the very beginning. So, this morning, as I begin to close, I speak into your lives. Dream killers will not kill your dreams in the mighty name of Jesus. Dream wasters. Will not truncate your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you. You will not give up your God-given dreams before they come to manifestation in the mighty name of Jesus. Those that doubt your God and the God in your life, I'm praying. Ah, they will bow before you and before your God in the mighty name of Jesus. The hand of the Lord will rest mightily upon you. And I pray you will end up an all-round winner in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure we all want to be promoted. We have seen a man that God has promoted. But let me ask you a few questions. Why do you think Joseph was not killed by his brothers when they planned to kill him? Why do you think that the well they threw Joseph into, there was no water in it when they threw him into that well? How come it was Potiphar that purchased Joseph? How come Potiphar got them to imprison Joseph in the same prison where the butler and the baker of Pharaoh were going to be? How come the butler and the baker had dreams, different dreams on the same night? And there was Joseph there to interpret the dreams. How come Pharaoh sent for this guy and promoted him. You know, when you look at the life of Joseph, you will see what some people will say, so many coincidences. They were not. God had always been at work from the very beginning. God was there from the beginning. God was there in the center. God knew how everything was going to end. Even when you didn't see God, God was at work. God is a faithful partner. When you partner with God, He sees and oversees everything that is happening around you. When the enemies thought they got you cornered, God will be laughing because He knows that you are going to have the last laugh. I am praying for somebody this morning. Before this year is over, you have the last laugh over all your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus which means what Daniel said was correct that there is a God that rules in the affairs of men so for Joseph in spite of all the things I have told you it was a God factor so this morning that God can work for you also maybe you are here this morning and you are wondering where your life is going up and down where it seems you have been cornered and there is no way for you and your dreams have been buried and your destiny has been frustrated. All you have to do is to allow God to be your partner. Let him be your friend. He begins to help you. He begins to fight for you. And you will have a dynamic turn around. So before I come down this morning, I want to pray for some people. All eyes closed. Maybe you are here this morning. You are here to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you know even coming to this service was not by accident god had planned it because god wanted to help you (laughs) this morning i want to join my faith with your faith i want to pray with you that god will come and be your partner that god will come and turn things around for you and that that god will promote you so if you are saying yes to jesus this morning as the choir begins to sing, now I just begin to come forward, say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to assure you, you will sing songs of victory.